Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. On the 21st anniversary of September 11, there was a headline in the Washington Post that caught my eye. Ian Shapira wrote the story. A CIA spy pursued bin Laden after 9-11. Now he's being mourned as a legend. The Washington Post story begins this way. Inside her northern Virginia home, Anne McFadden keeps an informal shrine to her late husband, Gary Schroen, a fellow spy and one of the CIA's most revered and longest-serving officers. A staircase wall shows the cover of First In, Schroen's book, that chronicles his mission at the age of 59, leading the agency's first officers into Afghanistan two weeks after the September 11 attacks. An adjacent photo features Schroen and his colleagues on that team. Its code name was Jawbreaker, sporting black and white kifas next to their helicopter, tail sign 91101, 9-11-01. On a sideboard, 11 CIA medals, most emblazoned with the agency's seal of an eagle and a 16-point compass star, sit open in square-shaped wooden cases. 
You know, he didn't talk that much about what he got the medals for, McFadden said on a recent day inside her home, where a counterintelligence specialist granted her first interview since her husband's death last month. He had these in a drawer, but I put them out. Schroen worked for the CIA as an operations officer and contractor for more than 50 years before dying August 1st after complications from a fall outside their Alexandria home. He was 80. Well, there's that and much more to the story. But as I'm reading, I'm saying I remember interviewing Gary Schroen. In fact, TC, I remember there were two Garys, Gary Schroen wrote the book that I, I just referenced, First In, and Gary Bernson, Gary too, wrote a book called Jawbreaker based on this mission uh, because they both played a role in this. But with regard to Gary Schroen, I immediately remembered that I conducted an extensive interview with him when the book first came out. You did. And this was back in um, May it was actually May 12th of 2005. You found it in the archives. I found it in the archives, dusted it off. And interestingly, this was back when you were on terrestrial radio and you, you recall doing morning drive, doing morning drive and the commercial breaks were long and the interviews were shorter. You kept him through a commercial break. And in Whoa. the end, the interview was almost 20 minutes long, which is really, really rare for those days. And at the end of the interview, you say... I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it, you know, and, and this is something that you I've heard you say over the years. And every time I hear it, I know that that book is something special. Well, let's listen. This is Gary Schroen, a man sadly gone now being mourned as a CIA legend. I have a distinct recollection in the aftermath of September 11 of being seated behind this microphone doing afternoons at the time and just sort of wondering aloud. On September 12, 13, 14, 15, who are these elite among us? Who are the individuals at the CIA, at the Pentagon, and special forces to whom the nation is now turning to right this enormous wrong? And how fascinating now that I, I have a name to, uh, uh, to place with my question. The name is, is Gary Schroen, because it was Gary Schroen who was the first pair of boots on the ground in Afghanistan in the aftermath of September 11 with an elite crew from the CIA to lay the groundwork for what was to come in taking down the Taliban and beginning the hunt for bin Laden. Gary Schroen, welcome to Philly. Thank you very much. It's good to be there. Let's start with the most dramatic. Uh, about 10 days after September 11, you're seated across a table from, uh, uh, from Kofor uh, Black. What's the conversation that takes place? Uh, that was a, a, the final meeting we had before we uh, we launched uh, from Washington to head for Afghanistan. It was uh, his final marching orders to, to myself and my team. And primarily, uh, the, the key thing that stands out in my mind was his orders to uh, find bin Laden, kill him, and return his head to Washington in a, in a box on dry ice. Unfortunately, you never got to do that. Unfortunately. Uh, I read the full book and I enjoyed it. First in, an insider's account of how the CIA spearheaded the war on terror in Afghanistan. Tell the folks what your station in life was on September the 11th, because you really only had one foot in and one foot out. You were, you were headed for retirement. Right. On the uh, 1st of September, I entered the 90-day the program that the, uh, the CIA has for uh, people who are retiring. And, and basically, you, you, you're phasing out. You, you no longer have any actual job 
responsibilities. You're 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 finishing up admin stuff. So I kind of I was 11 days into re, into my retirement when when 9/11 happened. And 9/11 occurs at a time when you are in the CIA building and the building evacuates. And one of the things you discuss, Gary, is that you th- you thought it was counterintuitive that everybody should be leaving that facility. Well, that's true because in every other crisis that I've a situation that I've been in overseas, uh, or, or or even at home, you, the CIA buckles down, and that's when we get to work. Uh, when the embassy's under attack, you don't run from the embassy; you go back to it. Uh, and uh, this was uh, it was disappointing for all of us to be to be ordered to uh, to evacuate the building. You come back to work on the twelfth, and you you know again it's half in, half out. But late in the evening on September thirteenth, two days after September 11, you get a phone call at home. Did, did you have any idea that you were going to get tapped for this uh, immense responsibility? Uh, that night, no. I, I had no idea what it was uh, that they wanted. I assumed that they would want me to, to take to do some job there within counterterrorism to, to help at the office I, uh, in, in, in the fight, but I never expected to, to be uh, offered the, the command of the first team to go into Afghanistan. So you're, you're told that tomorrow morning you've got a, a date with Kofor Black, who is the chief of the, the counterterrorist center, correct? That's correct. And a lot of uh, guys like me uh, are, are picturing, you know, uh, the television show 24. Because uh, that's that's our only frame of reference. So now you meet with Kofer, and Kofer says, "Hey, Gary Schroen, you're, you're my guy. I need you to lead an elite team and be boots on the ground in Afghanistan, and you got to be there within two weeks." That's exactly right, and I was pleasantly shocked. It was like a, a gift from heaven to be offered that command. When I when the when the book was first put in my hands, I I I'm, I'm sort of misunderstood. You know your role. I, I took you for. Uh, uh, a special forces kind of a guy who was to go out there and hunt the bear tracks for bin Laden and put your hands around his neck. But instead, Gary, now that I've completed it, I equate you in my political background with, with a, sort of a political organizer. I mean, that's really what you were doing over there. Well, that's true. The, our, our primary mission uh, when we when we arrived was to rally the Northern Alliance, which was a, tag, a Tajik uh, military force. Uh, whose leader Ahmad Massoud had been assassinated by the uh, by Al Qaeda on the 9th of September with a phony explosion camera. Exactly, they uh, and that was that removed him, who was the commander of the only military force still opposing the Taliban in Afghanistan. So my job was to rally those guys, get them uh, get them their confidence back, and get them to be fully cooperative with what the U.S. military was going to do, so we could put maximum uh, destructive power on the Taliban. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. The, your first task is to decide who's going to be on the team in the book you assign pseudonyms uh but t- t- describe the you know the half dozen guys that you put together who are going to go with you and be the first boots on the ground in afghanistan in the hunt for bin laden well when you when you sit down to do something like that uh, you're, you're looking for a, a mix of of well, traditional what we would call case officers traditional officers who who are specialists in recruiting and uh, areas that have area knowledge and language skills so we picked my, myself uh, and there was one other fellow that a uh, young officer who had incredible dari and was a, a real operator and then you you look for uh, paramilitary people people who know how to how to operate out in the in the boondocks so we ended up having uh, a Two people from the, the, what we call the uh, Special Activities Division within uh, CIA, which is our paramilitary uh, office. And we had to have a, a crack communicator 
uh, a guy who had worked in the field, and we needed, since we were going into an area where uh, anything could happen to us, we needed a medic, and we had a, uh, a fellow who had a lot of Special Forces experience in Vietnam. Uh, he was almost as old as I was. Uh, but <laughs> you were you were 59 when all this was happening. Exactly, yes. So I was the oldest man on the team, and uh, he was 57. Everybody else was was much younger. And we actually had a, a, another fellow who was a, uh, had been in the SEALs and then was a technical person who was on contract to the organization. So that was basically our, our the operators. Something we had three air crew then. Something kind of disappointed me. Uh, you, you, so you got six guys. You know, the, the, these are our elite. They're headed to Afghanistan. You're flying through Germany. It didn't seem like along the way, and maybe I read too much into this, that you were afforded the, 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 the dignity and respect by some of the people in support of your mission. Like there's an incident in Germany where I don't know a guy's slow to load the airplane, and I'm thinking, damn it, these people should be doing whatever it takes if they know what Gary Schroen is up to. I, I don't think people realized uh, anywhere along the line uh, until much later, after we were boots on the ground, what was really happening. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Now, one of the guys in your crew is Pappy. He's the communications fella. Yes. He had a bit of a problem for the entire time that you were in Afghanistan. I'd rather have you tell the folks what it was than me. Well, poor Pappy had the worst flatulence in, in the history of, of mankind, and uh, it, was, it became a, a, a running joke. Uh, we actually would have we had to get incense uh, sticks and burn those in the in the office, and 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 one evening even resorted to wearing our scarves around our face like like band uh, bandits. I mean, it's a very human drama that you tell, Gary. Well, I, I wanted it to be. I wanted people to see what it's really like. I mean, it it wasn't like twenty four, or it wasn't like Mission Impossible. I mean, we were we're we're trained guys, and when we specialize, have a lot of experience, but we're just really. You know, in a sense, just in one sense, average guy. I mean, I got something else tabbed in the book. And by the way, our guest is Gary Schroen, and we're privileged to have him. He led a six-member CIA team that arrived in Afghanistan. How do you say the, the name of the valley? The, the Panjshir. The Panjshir Valley, two weeks after bin Laden did what he did on September 11th. 59-year-old guy at the time with more than 30 years under his belt. Uh, halfway out the door at the CIA when he gets tapped for this very elite assignment. Gary, one of the things I tabbed in the book is how, you know, you're worried about the water supply, and one of one of you guys brings a jug of chlorine purchased in a northern Virginia pool and patio store so that you can treat the water if need be. Yes, that was uh, that was our, our medic, Doc. He, he, he claimed that, uh, I, I kept thinking that chlorine was, was gonna be, you know, would, would kill us. And he said, no, no, just in a small amount, you know, in the water, it'll kill, it'll kill the germs and it'll be okay. Uh, but the first bottle he tasted, uh, or he, he mixed up tasted like a, a swimming pool in every sense of the word. I mean, and you're, you're, uh, I'm wondering, how do you pack for a, a mission like this? And, you know, you're, you're out there at, at, at uh, like, uh, the equivalent of an L.L. Bean trying to figure out what the heck's the weather going to be like, where we get, I don't know where we're sleeping, I don't know the conditions, I don't know anything. No, and, and, it, and it resulted in us, us taking, each of us taking along uh, a lot of gear that we didn't use. I mean, sleeping bags and uh, tents, a lot of outdoor cooking gear, this kind of stuff. When in fact our hosts, our Afghan hosts, who were delighted to see us, they were they thought their that their days were numbered uh, after the death of their man. So we ended up with a lot of stuff that was uh, that we just basically stored in the corner. And uh, well, one thing that you brought with you that you did need, and a lot of it was cash. Tell everybody what you had, Gar. Uh, we started out with uh, three million dollars, uh, and 
that was to, to not so much to buy their loyalty, but to demonstrate to these to the leadership of that group that that we were serious about things and that we had the wherewithal to help them. Uh, I mean, there comes a day where you literally walk out of the CIA with was it three or four cartons, and you've got a million in bills that are not sequential and they're all used. That's right, and uh, they were all uh, and they're vacuum sealed into uh, bricks of a uh, hundred thousand dollars. Unbelievable. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Our special guest is Gary Schroen. On September the 11th, folks, he was 59 years old. He had more than 30 years as a CIA vet under his belt. He was in the process of retiring. He got a phone call the night of September 13, told that he had an important meeting at the CIA the following morning. He shows up, has a meeting with Kofor Black, who says, Gar, you're my guy. Your country needs you. 
get over to Afghanistan and be our first pair of boots on the ground in the hunt for bin Laden. He assembles an elite half a dozen guys and, and he gets to it. Gary, how are you able to talk about this? Uh, in the aftermath of the, the defeat of the Taliban in 2002, uh, the agency was approached by a number of journalists uh, who wanted to tell the story. Uh, Bob Woodward was one, uh, and Steve Call, the managing editor of the Washington Post. And, and uh, I think the, the senior leadership of the agency said that this is uh, a story that we would like to get out. It's a, it's a positive story, and, and we, we want to. So we were authorized to, several officers who participated were authorized to, to speak to the press well, under certain guidelines and then i was encouraged to write the story and uh how much how much of what you wrote did the cia vet right out of the book uh there was a uh, initially there was a lot of stuff a lot of silly stuff i mean with the, the the nomenclature for the helicopter that we use which was a russian helicopter that the cia had purchased a, a few years earlier than than uh september 11th and, and to use in that region a lot of stuff but basically they were it was a fair uh, hearing it just took a long time uh, and at most 90% of what I wanted in the book was, was still there. All right, you get over there, your boots are on the ground, you are immediately interacting with these uh, these different leaders of the Northern Alliance and setting the stage for the bombing that's to come, which I, I think began on or about October the 7th, uh, and very quickly leads to the demise of the Taliban. So it's a successful effort in terms of of, of toppling that dangerous regime. Unfortunately, we still haven't caught bin Laden. That was part of the assignment given to you by Kofor Black. But you don't discuss much of that in the book. You know, what, what were you doing in the time period that you were on the ground to try and get the Northern Alliance and whomever else necessary to capture bin Laden? Well, unfortunately, when we uh, with the reality on the ground was that they were you know, the Northern Alliance was it was you know locked in in uh, st static lines, combat lines uh, with the uh, with the Taliban military, and so what we did was try to reach out through the uh, the Northern Alliance intelligence service. Uh, to, who were running contacts and agents behind Taliban lines to try to get uh, at people like Zawahiri or, or bin Laden. Uh, but that was kind of like trying to do, uh, you know, run a, a, a marionette show uh, in the dark, I mean, as far as uh, because it was all second and third hand. So uh, we ended up deciding we the, the only way to get at bin Laden was just to destroy the Taliban. And, and to the extent that, that he was able to escape because uh, our forces were diverted to Iraq, that's not a time period in which you were still in Afghanistan, correct? Uh, I, was, I came back uh, in early. I, I left in, in November, uh, right about the time the, the uh, Kabul fell. I came back in 2002. Uh, but unfortunately what happened was while the north fell very quickly, the Taliban remained in place in the southern half of the country. And so if things dragged on and it allowed bin Laden and his guys to regroup and to take up hiding positions in, in the mountains in the east of Afghanistan near, near the pack border. And after Operation Tora Bora, uh, he unfortunately managed to slip out and get into Pakistan. While Gary Schroen is on the ground in the immediate aftermath of 9-11... 
in Afghanistan, our military begins the use of the Predator. What's the Predator? Predator is an unmanned vehicle that's uh, flown uh, remotely from from long distance away. Actually, uh, at one point, from the United, actually being flown in the United States while it was hovering over Afghanistan, and it's armed with uh, one or two Hellfire missiles, which were basically anti-tank missiles, but were modified to uh, be used against uh, smaller vehicles or, or uh, buildings. All right, so it's it's unmanned. It can take pictures and drop bombs. Absolutely. And at a certain point, uh, thank goodness, someone seeks your counsel because a predator uh, has an image that someone interprets as being bin laden that's true we we had tell that story it's unbelievable we had organized uh, the northern alliance to refurbish an old airfield down uh, outside of the panjshir valley uh, nearer to kabul so that we could uh, get fixed wing aircraft in and the pilot who was uh, about six foot four and thin and another man uh, from our team was uh, we're standing on that field when we get a call back in the Panjshir from from Washington saying we have the predator over this Taliban airfield and we've got two two guys who are not Afghans and one's real tall we think it's Bin Laden and we're going to put a hellfire on them and we just want you to confirm the the coordinates on the, that airfield is that incredible so so the predator is lingering in the sky creating this image sending it back to washington someone's interpreting it and they say boy that guy's awfully tall could be bin laden they get you on the horn all the way back on the other side of the globe and you tell them wait a minute those are our guys yeah and that's our airfield we're building that and those are our guys please don't shoot (laughs) so they were shocked and we had sent the coordinates but it was one of those snafus that happen when you're in a a crisis situation and there's hundreds of people involved gary schroen are we going to get him sooner or later uh uh, michael i hope so uh i i I think the 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 arrest of this terrorist al-libby the Al-Qaeda guy who was now rated, it was rated as the number three person arrested in northern Afghanistan, by, uh, excuse me, northern Pakistan by the Pakistani military. I think it's a positive sign. I believe bin Laden is hiding up in that same area. And if the Pakistanis are willing to take the political risk to go in there with our coordination and allow us to provide the intelligence, I think we have a very good chance to get him in the next few months. There's a fellow who uh, provides commentary on my program, uh, winner of seven Purple Hearts in Vietnam, a Fox military analyst, a very highly decorated uh, uh, American veteran named David Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of tempted to ask you if the name rings a bell. We're always joshing him as to how, quote, retired he really is. <laughs> Are you going to take my bait? No comment. <laughs> Uh, Final question, and this is going to be hard for me to uh, sort of uh, convey to my audience because I've had the pleasure of of reading it, and not yet have they, but they will. When all is said and done, 59-year-old Gary Schroen, you know, guy retired, wife working for the State Department, kids, all of a sudden thrown into this dangerous situation. You go over there for a relatively short time period. You have a rough stay. You do what the nation asks of you. And the final scene is like you standing at the airport in America, I think at Dulles, waiting for a taxi. In the rain. Yeah, like what's going on with that? There's something about it. I don't quite know what to say, but it struck me as very odd. Well, uh, that was I, it was. I think I put that in there because it was true. That's exactly what happened. I mean, there, it was one of those scenes where you you come back and you and you you kind of think that there's going to be a big hoopla. And um, it, it isn't. I mean, I was standing on the on the, the curb in the rain, waiting for the, for a taxi to to finally make its way over to where I the, the our plane had landed. 
And I thought, though, you know, in a sense, it's fitting. This is the way the CIA always operates. I mean, it's, you go out, you do the job, and there isn't a lot of fanfare and, and, and also. I, I've had that feeling where I've had what I consider to be an incredible day, and I, I'm coming home, and I'm thinking in my mind, how am I going to convey this to my wife or to my kids? They'll never believe what I did today. And, of course, none of my experiences compared to what you experienced, but that's the sort of feeling you must have had running through your head. Absolutely. It was uh, it was kind of uh, strange to have come. It was like you come off of this real high, and you're standing there, and, there, and it, the reality comes back, well, that you're just really... You're really just an average guy who's been who's been lucky enough to be given an extraordinary yeah, job to do. Nothing average about you. Thank you so so much for spending a half hour. It's fascinating stuff, and I'm I'm just appreciative. It's called First In, Gary Sherwin, the first uh, of our CIA guys on the ground in Afghanistan. Gary, thank you very very much. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate really appreciate it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.